Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Good morning. You guys awake? All good? Heck yeah. Come on. Come on. Are you tired? Be honest. Raise your hand if you're tired. Oh my gosh. So my son, uh, he usually wakes up in the morning and he like immediately goes into what he wants. He'll wake up. He'd be like, milk, dada, milk, choo-choo, choo-choo TV. Don't judge us. Sometimes we'll let him watch TV. Okay. Like immediately he'll wake up and do that. This morning I woke him up. I was like, all right, Caleb, you ready to get up? He goes, no, no. I'm like, suck it up, man. Everybody's got to get up early. Suck it up. Um, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So I'll give you a warning about today, about today's message. Today's message is for the believer, those following Jesus right now. It doesn't mean that if you do not believe in Jesus right now, if you're still trying to figure things out, is it, that this isn't for you. Um, I still think truth is truth, and you could apply this to your life, and you will see awesome things happen. However, you're not obligated to what I say, right, and, and what comes from Scripture. For those of us who follow Jesus, our hearts are sold out for him. This is something that's for us. And I'll say this before I get into it. When I was diving into this whole thing about biblical honor, you guys ever dive into something in Scripture and you're like, wow, I fall short of that. You guys ever do that all the time, maybe, unless you're perfect? Okay, okay, awesome. That's how I felt doing this. I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know how I am worthy to preach on this or speak on this. So whenever I say something, know that, like, hey, me too. I'm trying to figure it out. You guys good with that? Okay, awesome. Um, how cool would it have been to see the signs and wonders that we read about in Scripture? How cool would that have been? It'd been unbelievable. Like, give me some of your favorites. Someone speak some out. What do you got? Like the healings. Like, give me, give me some. Okay, David and Goliath, sign and wonder, right? That's a sign and wonder. Give me some like with Jesus specifically. What else we got? A walking on water. Awesome. What else? Healing the blind. Awesome. What else? Anybody got any more? Water into wine. Unbelievable. Yeah, like that is, that is a trippy story right there. That, I mean, I don't know if like that one confuses me too. Like we went to a wedding yesterday. This is not what it talks about. And I'm sorry, Brandon and Hannah, but we went to the... When, when parents are out of town, we get to do what we want. You know what I mean? So um, there were six stone jars, right? These ceremonial jars for washing in this wedding. And each held 20 to 30 gallons. And he turned those into wine. I'm like, I'm like with Jesus. I'm like, hey, yeah, we're not going to do this. That's going to be a mess. Like we're not doing, like for how many people were there? Anyway, yeah, water into wine. Anybody got any other favorites? Maybe one more. What do you got? Lazarus, gosh, raising him from the dead. Holy cow, unbelievable. Okay, so Jesus can do anything. And the truth is, that's still available to us today. It's still available to us today. If it wasn't, then we wouldn't have seen that in the first church, like in Acts. Like, so it's still available to us today. Um, and I'm sure you guys have stories of signs and wonders in your own life, right? Of signs and wonders. Now, there was one place where Jesus, in one of the recordings, it says, could not perform as many signs. Not would not, but could not. That is super confusing to me. Again, I'm like, hey, you're God. You could do whatever, right? Like, it says could not. That trips me up, and I don't know how that works theologically, so I'm not going to say any more on that, but that's just what it says. Could not. Could not. Anybody know where it was? 
We're going to look it up. We're going to look it up. Let's go to this first slide. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. He, what does it say? What? He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Holy cow. So go back to that first one. A prophet is not without what? Honor. So, a lack of honor, a lack of honor, that soil of a lack of honor will not allow Jesus to perform as many miracles. That is insane to me. That is insane to me. Could not. Could not. That is unbelievable. Not would not, but could not. I mean, that's all I got for today. You guys want to worship again? Like, that's unbelievable to me. A lack of honor. So then I'm diving into, like, what does it mean to have honor? What is honor? What does it, like, give me stories. Give, give me something. All right, let's go to the slide. We're going to do two things, okay? We've got to first define what it isn't, and then we'll define what it is. Like in 1 John, it says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave Jesus for us, right? So we got to define what it's not first so we can know what it is. And this first one that you're seeing up there, what prevents us from honoring Jesus and others, this first one, this will block it. This will block us from being allowed to fully love and embrace Jesus, which comes first, and then honoring others and embracing others. And this first one is bitterness. You guys excited that I'm talking? <laughs> talking on bitterness? It'd be pretty fun, right? Okay, sweet. Let's talk about bitterness, okay? Bitterness. We're going to go to the next slide, too, if you don't mind. Okay. This is what it says in Hebrews. Paul's writing this. It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. What? Falls short of the grace of God? Like, it says where sin increases, grace increases all the more. Like, how could you fall? Anyway. That no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That no bitter root. All right, here's what I really believe, guys. Okay, I think there's people in here, maybe myself included. I'm not, I'm not removing myself from that. There's people in here that might have a bitter root. And I think Jesus wants to release you of that today. Today, a bitter root. A bitter root, okay? So we're going to go back to right before those verses, like where it says a prophet without honor. Uh, we're going to go right before that. What made Jesus say this, okay? So let's go to this. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many heard him and were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? And then this is where the bitterness sets in, okay? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. They took what? What'd they take? Nice. One more time. What'd they take? Sweet. They took offense at him. All right. I don't know about you guys, but I can relate to, like, these guys. All right? I can relate to them. Like, think about this. Think about you went to elementary school with this guy. Okay? 
and you saw him, like, and you saw his artwork, if you ever saw my artwork, you'd be like, there's no way that dude's the son of God, okay? So, like, what if, like, I'm, I'm just imagining, I'm not saying Jesus had a bad art project, but just imagining, okay? Like, what if he did? And then, like, later, like, when he's 30, like, he's performing these miracles. You'd be like, no way. Him? Son of God? Come on. No. No, remember, he couldn't even kick a soccer ball. Like, he was not even good. Like, what? No, give me a break. No. No, I actually know his parents, and I don't even know if they're that great either. Like, his brother gets in trouble all the time. Like, come on. That's not him. All right, here's main point number one about bitterness. Bitterness will attract whatever information necessary to justify its existence. Bitterness will attract whatever information necessary to justify its existence. You ever been hurt, like, really bad? Then you immediately call the friend that you know is going to, to agree with you. Sorry, it's starting to get personal. All right. You ever do that? I do. Like, you're like, I'm going to call them, and I know, I know they're going to agree with me, and it's going to get me even more fired up. We believe the lie that venting is good for us. Like, we've all believed that. Okay, but that's another thing. That's another conversation. Bitterness will attract whatever information necessary to justify its existence. Here's what bitterness does. It disguises itself as wisdom. You look smart. You look super smart, don't we? Look, they were making great comments. Like, I agree with them. Like, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? Isn't this the brother of James? Fact, 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 fact. It disguises itself as wisdom. But it's really just bitter. And they were blinded to seeing Jesus. I think Jesus today wants to uproot that bitter root that's in us right now. Because we're going to see him. We're going to see his glory. We're going to see his goodness. But this bitter root doesn't look good on us. It disguises itself. See, if you guys are listening. Disguises itself as what? Wisdom. Bitterness will disguise itself as wisdom. As wisdom. Okay, sweet. You guys still feeling good? Yeah, sweet. Talking about bitterness. Let's go to the next one. It is not the sin that was committed, but the sin of the offended that will cause the biggest ripples. It's not the sin that was committed, but the sin of the offended that will cause the biggest ripples. Let's go back, actually, to that Hebrews verse real quick. I'm going to make my point with this. Can we go back a couple? Awesome. That no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I'm like, bitter root? Yeah, but I'm justified in my bitterness. What about the other sin that was causing trouble? He's like, no, 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 it's actually the bitter root that's causing trouble. That's the one that's hurting. Like when Peter denied um, Jesus and he felt terrible about it, and he got all in his feelings and all sad about it and felt all the condemnation, you know he took disciples with him into that boat to start fishing again to go back to his former life? He took people with him. The bitterness that we are sitting in is not just hurting us. We good? Let's go back to that main point number two real quick. It's not the sin that was committed, but the sin of the offended that causes the biggest ripples. All right, um, I'm a coach at Hanover, and you guys will know this, okay? Say someone gets pushed after the play, and then that guy pushes them back. Who gets caught? The second guy. second guy always gets caught, 100%. I'm like, coach, but I'm not going to let him do that to me. I'm like, I don't care. 
I don't care. We just got 15 yards, and now you're out for three weeks because you just hit a player. You just hit a player. Here's what bitterness will also do. So it disguises itself as wisdom. It also disguises itself as bravery. Oh, I'm so brave. I'm tough. I'm tough. I'm not going to let anybody play me. Here's how it looks. No, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. I can't trust anyone. And that's like a brave thing. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust people. I don't trust anyone. Okay. You're going to miss Jesus. You're going to miss him. Okay. I, I love you. You're going to miss him. You're going to miss him. All right. Still feeling good? Sweet. All right. <laughs> Next one. I'm telling you, me too. Like, look, when I was sitting in this, me too. I get it. Main point number three, bitterness gives us a critical eye, a critical eye. And probably know what I'm referring to here. Remember when Jesus says, you look at the speck in your brother's eye, and you try to remove that, but you have a log in your own. You look at the speck. You get really, really critical, and you're accurate. You might even be right on. You might even be correct in your judgment that there's a speck right there. But meanwhile, you got this log sticking out of your eye. But you're right. You're right about it. Here's what bitterness will do. It'll disguise itself as righteousness. So it disguises itself as wisdom, as bravery, and as righteousness. The enemy, here's something you need to know about the enemy. The enemy is not 180 degrees away from Jesus. He's not. He's not, he's not dumb. He doesn't do that. He disguised himself as an angel of what? Anyone remember? Angel of light. He's one degree off. The enemy lies in that one degree off. That's where he tries to deceive us. If you are good at deceiving someone, you don't be the complete opposite. You try to be one degree off. One degree off. See, Jesus says that narrow is the road, right? There's a narrow road. There's a narrow road to him. And I, that has always tripped me up. Always, 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 always. I've been like, Lord, your grace is unbelievable. It's wide. It's deep. Like, we cannot escape your love. Where should we go that we would ex escape your love? You say it over and over again, right? But there are a million options for you in this life, but there's only one Jesus. That's why it's narrow. There's only one Jesus. We could talk about self-help. We could talk about all these other options that would give you life, we'd think. There's only one Jesus. There's only one Savior. There's only one. There is only one. So we could try to pick and choose things out of Scripture, and we want to apply them to our life, and we could keep Jesus as an ornament on our tree, but there's only one true Jesus, and he wants all of you. So this point right here that, G that uh, bitterness gives us a critical eye that log in our eye is that log of bitterness, and he wants to remove it. Here's a way to tell, because I still think you can call out friends in relationship. I believe that. I believe there's accountability. I believe in marriage you can lovingly address things with each other. But here is where we know if it's out of bitterness or if it's out of love, okay? Are you doing it as the offended? Let me give you an example. Okay. My wife will lovingly come up to me and address something with me that I need to maybe be better at as a husband. Okay? Anybody ever been there? Husbands, shoot your hand up. Sweet. Okay. Awesome. And she'll be super nice about it. She'll be like, 
hey, sweetie, I'm just telling you. Blah, blah. Now they're oh, yeah? Well, you did this. Log, bang, right there. And it's like I was storing that up. Like I was ready. It's like if she says, that, I'm no, yeah, but you did this. And maybe I'm right, but she's like, okay. All right. And if you address something out of love, even if someone retaliates, you're like, hey, I'm just telling you because I don't, I want you to see clearly. That's all. Like, I don't, I'm not offended right now. Like, you can say what you want. It's okay. Like, I just want you to see clearly. It's not because I'm mad at you. It's because I, you got a speck in your eye, and I just want you to see clearly. That's all. Meanwhile, it's a huge log. It's not a speck. She was being nice by telling me it's a speck, right? Like, huge log of bitterness. So that's what it does. Are you guys feeling encouraged? Y'all good? All right. It blocks us to seeing him. Bitterness will disguise itself as wisdom, as bravery, and as righteousness. That's what it'll do. It'll disguise itself as that. Bitterness will disguise itself as wisdom, as bravery, and as righteousness. But we're not going to be fooled by that. So here's what we need to do. Let's go to the next slide. We need to define honor. All right, what does it mean to honor? What does it mean? Honor means to treasure Sometimes we think honor, and we're like, honor the king. You know, like kind of robotic. I don't know if like, you kind of think that, but that's kind of what I think. But like, let's change it. Let, let, let's, let's shift it to what it really is. And I'm going to make my point here in a second. It's to treasure. What do you treasure? Okay. Jesus says where your treasure is, your heart is, right? Where your treasure is, your heart is. So what do we treasure? Not just what do we say we treasure. What do we treasure? Because I believe when we start to treasure Jesus and we remove that log of bitterness, I, I really believe signs and wonders will be the norm. I believe it'll be the norm. And we won't bat an eye. One of my friends told me, um, she said, hey, if you seek revival, you'll get performance. If you seek Jesus, you get revival. If you seek revival, you get performance. If you seek Jesus, you get revival. The point is not signs and wonders. That's not the point. The point is Jesus. To love, adore, treasure, treasure Jesus. So let's go to the next slide. The one thing we need to treasure is Jesus. Is Jesus. It's the one thing. We need to treasure him. We need to adore him. And I think there's the story that explains this whole picture of what I'm talking about perfectly. Okay? There's this woman that comes in to the Pharisee's house when Jesus is eating with the Pharisees. And she breaks this jar of perfume, right, and pours it all over Jesus and anoints him and is weeping and is crying. And then the disciples get all flustered. Like, what are you doing? You can't do that. That should have been given to the poor. That should have been given to the poor. Well, there, it's disguising itself in that moment. It's disguising itself as wisdom. That comment, it should have been given to the poor. This guy himself is wisdom, bravery to step up and speak in front of all these people when Jesus didn't even address it. Bravery and righteousness, right there. Wisdom, bravery, righteousness. Come on, that should have been given to the poor. I'm smart. I am tough. I am righteous. It should have been given to the poor. John records this. He doesn't say the disciples. He says Judas. And I'm not trying to pick on Judas here, but like, it says Judas 
he was saying that not because he was righteous, because he actually held the money for the disciples. He was kind of like their treasurer, and he would take some for himself. So he was like, no, we should have, like, we should have given this to the money back. It should have been given to the poor so I can go distribute it, and I can actually take some. Like, that's what he wanted. You guys ever built up your own standard, and then you get offended when people don't abide by it? It has nothing to do with God's word. Built up your own standard. You should have done this. I'll give you an example. All right. When I, was, um, when I was first trying to work up the courage to talk to my beautiful wife, we were juniors in high school, okay? So I had this standard, all right? And look, I mean, I was the quarterback, you know? Like, I was, I was the man. She lucked out. I'll tell you what. She had the jackpot, okay? Every time I say that, people laugh. It's pretty offensive. Um, so I had this, like, I had this thing I was going to do. I was like, all right, girls clearly text me first, right? Like, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show her I like her. I'm going to text her every other day. If she fills in the gap days, she likes me. My standard. Like I said, I was going to do. So I text her every other day, and she is stubborn and awesome. Like, I'm not texting you first. Who are you? So she did not text me first. And then I was like, all right, I guess she doesn't like me. Like, I'm done. We're not talking anymore. And then her friend comes up to me. I was like, why'd you stop talking to Lauren? I was like, she clearly didn't like me. You don't know about the gap day thing? Like, I... Right? Like, come on. So I missed a chance to actually be with her for an entire year because I was living in this, like, little bitter thing that I created. I missed a chance to be with my beautiful wife for an entire year because I built up this own standard. I think that's what Judas is doing right here. He doesn't even realize what he's doing. He's like, that should have been given to the poor. That should have been given to the poor. And then he goes and he betrays Jesus. Anybody know how much he betrayed him for? Because the word honor, let me go to this. The word honor, that actually means in Greek to set the price of. So there's a price associated with honor. So I was like, all right, I'm reading the story, and it goes to it. Anybody know the amount of money that Jesus was betrayed for? 30 silver coins. That equates to about 260 bucks. The savior of the universe. He's like 260. Like, what? That's not covering rent. Like, what? 260 and you're willing to give up the savior of the universe. Yeah, 260. I'm good. Come on. Give it to me. Whatever. He annoyed me. He didn't abide by my standard. He didn't abide by my standard. He offended me. I'm going to live in this. I'm going to keep living in this. He missed Jesus. He missed Jesus. So I'm going to read this story, and we can have someone come up and uh, start playing. We're going to read the story, but in Luke's version, and you guys can uh, stay with me on this, okay? All right, you guys ready? Cool. Sweet. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She then wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited them saw this, he said, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him. So there were the Pharisees saying this, and then Jesus looks at Peter and has the conversation loud enough so everybody can hear, as he says. 
Simon, I have something to tell you. He goes, tell me, teacher. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? One of them owed 500, right? One owed 50. He said, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. He goes, you've judged correctly. Then he turned toward the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. Her great love was an evidence of what has already taken place. The sins were already forgiven. Her great love was evidence of what had taken place. Her love didn't earn her forgiveness. Her great love was evidence of what had already taken place. Am I clear on that? But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. All right. So what happens with bitterness, we build up this, our own standard of righteousness, and other people don't abide by it. And meanwhile, we are standing there thinking, I'm better than this person. I'm better than this person. No, I'm not as bad as they are. I'm not as bad as they are. But Jesus says, whoever's been forgiven little loves little. Here's what it doesn't mean. You don't have to go and do a bunch of crazy things to love Jesus a lot. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, hey, you're really far off. Yeah, everybody in here, including me, every, we are really, 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 really far off. And we have violated God's word over and over and over and over and over again. And then we promised him we wouldn't do it, and then we did it. And we did it again. And then we did it again. And then we did it again. And this woman, she was a sinful woman, and she knew her Lord, her Savior, had forgiven her. And she breaks this jar and pours it over him, and she says, everything I have is yours. That jar of perfume was $50,000. $50,000. Her honor was worth $50,000. If she had more, she would have given more. Judah said two hundred sixty. dollars We've got to get to this place where we treasure his forgiveness. We treasure Jesus. Like, would we be standing up and accusing, or would we be down with or worshiping? What happens if it's this? What happens if it's the one that offended you who's down there worshiping Jesus? What happens if it's that person? Are you good with it? Are you happy about that? The one that you you despise the most has been forgiven. Are you joyful? Are you joyful? Guys, did you know that we... We have broken his command over and over and over and over and over again. But did you know that where sin increases, grace increases all the more? Did you know that he has dared to call us his sons and his daughters? And he has freely forgiven us by the blood of Jesus. We've got to become more obsessed with Jesus. We've got to become more obsessed with him. Like give him everything. He's worth it. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is holy and he is good because one day is going to be our last day and we're going to go see him face to face. Are we going to embrace him? 
Have we been living a life already of embracing him, already of selling out everything for him? Are we worshiping him, weeping at his feet? Weeping at his feet. The cross is so, so good. Jesus is so, so good because he defeated death itself. So we need to get this root of bitterness out. It needs to leave because Jesus has forgiven you much, 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 much. And you, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've been through, and I know it's probably really, really hard. All I know is that the bitterness is not killing that person. It's killing you. It's killing you. And as this song comes up, and as we worship again, I want you to start declaring blessings over your enemy. Start declaring them. Lord, you love them. Lord, I hope, I pray that they see long days. I pray that their kids and their kids' kids know you. Jesus, I just pray that you bless them today. Whisper to them in their heart. Lord, I love you. You've forgiven me much. Thank you so much for the forgiveness you have shown me. I am not worthy, but somehow I'm sitting at your table and I'm looking at the king. Start declaring forgiveness, and you might not even feel it when you're declaring it, but keep declaring forgiveness. Keep declaring forgiveness over and over and over again until your heart catches up, and eventually it's going to catch up. Jesus has forgiven us much. We need to treasure him. Signs and wonders will be a norm when we treasure the king. They will be a norm. Would you guys pray with me? Jesus, you are so, so good to us. You are so good. Lord, let us just worship at your feet. Let us give everything we have. Give it all over to you. All over to you, King. King Jesus. Lord, we declare forgiveness for those people in our lives that have hurt us. We declare it for them because you declared it for us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.